This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity, so parental guidance is suggested. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're going to wish you had ten beers. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh, well. <laughs> la-di-da, la-di-da, la-la, yeah. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello, everybody out there in the podcast spheres and everywhere. It is the Cinema Recall Podcast. Welcome. I am the Vern. My lovely co-host, Ashley, cannot be here. She is uh, going through a uh, a loss in her family right now. So she can't be here. So my heart goes out to her. Uh, it's a dear friend of hers. Her daughter passed away. So she's mm. dealing with that right now. So uh, anyways, heart goes out to her. Uh, love you very much, Ashley. Take all the time you need. But that's why she's not here on this episode. Uh, but on this episode, we have the wonderful Jim from the Film Rage podcast. And we have Ryan here from Soundtrack Your Life. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Glad to be back. Yo, hey, hey. How are my boys? Good to see you guys. Now, uh, Jim, you've been on the podcast before. So has Ryan. Ryan, my good buddy, I was on your podcast talking about Josie and the Pussycats. And it was such an honor to be on that episode. Thank you very much. Uh, how you been, Ryan? I'm doing good, and yeah, that was a great episode. Had a lot of fun talking to you about that. Ready to talk about some more rock and roll on this episode with you. Oh, very cool. And Jim, you were on our podcast uh, talking about David Cronenberg's Crash. Yes, and um, I got to say, that episode when you were on Ryan's podcast is one of my favorite favorite episodes to be not only because it's got the Vern on there but oh no i think the Vern is now known on the interweb and social media as the josie and the pussycats guy like like i almost think you got to get a t-shirt that's made with cinema recall well says, him and russ burlingame i feel like yeah but uh, oh, i think yeah. it burns burns totally leading that out and i'm hoping that's the movie he gets us well, to see when he comes on our podcast so my goal is to try to get Rosario Dawson, Rachel Lee Cook, and Tara Reid to do an audio commentary for like the 50th anniversary or 46th anniversary of Joseph and the Pussycats. Because I think that would just be absolutely amazing. Uh, but we're here today to talk about another great band. Uh, that is the Talking Heads. You saw the link in the description. We're talking about the Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, which had its 40th anniversary in theaters a24 released it so that's what we're going to be talking about later on um if you are listening or watching cinema recall thank you very much for your support we're available on all your podcast platforms google pods uh, apple podcasts anywhere you can find podcasts good pods anywhere uh, we're also available on newsly newsly is an all-in-one audio app for your ios and android phone it puts up the most trended articles on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice for the first time ever the entire web becomes listenable stop scrolling start listening go to newsly.me use the promo code recall and get one month of their premium service for free for a month there uh very cool stuff 
Thank you very much for the support on there as well. Uh, before we go any further, I have to ask up your guys' rages because we're going to be doing Race Corner. Race Corner, brought to you by Corner's Podcast, which Tim's a part of. Race Corner, uh, where we rage mad or happy about things going on in the entertainment industry. You are our guest. I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Do you have anything at all that you're happy about in movies or angry about in movies? Just anything at all. I'm angry about how they keep on messing with HBO Max, which is now just called Max. I believe they're introducing a premium platinum tier where you can vote to like remove things from the service. They've already removed enough stuff without asking us. I don't know why they keep on wanting to delete more things. How about you give us stuff back? Yeah, very, very good points. I agree with all the stuff with Max. Uh, things like Discovery. Uh, I, I want them to bring back Tales from the Crypt. Bring that show back. I want that to be on match service, and I don't know why it's not on there. That and the show called Dream On. So the show I went oh, there. Oh, yeah, to I remember that show. On uh, HBO back in the day. All right. Good point there. Uh, I think they just removed Jim, Watchmen. Which, what about Watchmen? I think they just removed the, the Watchmen, the series, from, from the platform. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of streaming networks do that. They'll have a show that's really popular, and then they'll just take it out. Without any fair they... warning, which is what? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, go. Oh, uh, which is why, dear listeners, it's important to hold on to your physical media of movies. Just because it's on a streaming network does not mean it's necessarily going to be there on the whole thing. So just keep that in mind. Um, Jim, do you have anything you want to like rage about? Uh, ooh. Um, you know what? I'm going to do a, a switch here because on our podcast, we don't get an opportunity to get a raging boner for something. It's always a rage of anger. So I'm going to say I got uh, a rage on for Timothy Chamelain, my ding dong boner, because uh, I think um, he is by far my favorite little actor these days, especially with Dune 2 coming out. Um, oh, okay. I'm just super pumped about that. I've seen like 800 commercials for it and trailers, and I am not disappointed by how it looks. So that's my nice. raging boner for that. All right. Uh, well, I also have a raging boner right now, and it's for both Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Oh, man. I, just, I, I have that same one, actually. That's a good one. It, it, it's just it's so great. I don't know, Ryan, have you seen Poor Things yet? Not yet, but it's on my list. Oh, okay. dude, I, I will I will spoil anything, but it's a wonderful fantasy adventure. It reminds me very much of like Terry Gilliam style fantasy uh, with a lot of like really hardcore explicit sex. And I love it. Uh, Emma Stone's face when she's like getting really into it is my favorite thing in the world right now. I just have this gif of her just having this, like, cum face that's just my favorite (laughs) image in all of movies, seriously. (laughs) Like, if she had an OnlyFans page where it's just her face (laughs) doing that, I would subscribe right away. No. No. You could just put that link on repeat, though, if you just want. You don't have to pay anything. You could just have that, buddy. I'm sure it's, it's already on the trailer gift. too. She just has like this drunk set yep. face, and it's just oh, goddamn, so good, so hot, so Actually, hot. You know, 
just to add for that, because, you know, for me, when you're saying similarities, I totally get your thoughts on the Terry Gilliam. I also thought if you saw Bo is Afraid, Ryan, it has a little bit of a feel if, if that same sort of magical fantasy to it. Like, mm. I couldn't decide between those two which one I like better. They both were tied for my top 10 this year. So last year. Yeah. I just saw Bo is Afraid and... I don't think I liked it as much as I did Poor Things, but I know it's a movie that I will have to come back to and watch again to really fully understand it. But the movie does have a great set scene with uh, Walking, Walking Phoenix and Parker Posey that is absolutely the best. I, I thought Parker Posey was out of movies, and I'm glad she's in that one. I'm reading her, or I'm listening to her book right now. It's great. Love that. Very cool. For our YouTube listeners, our YouTube watchers, well, we're just not going to be a break here. But for our podcast listeners, I am going to play some ad spots from some wonderful podcast shows. We'll be back to talk about Talking Heads. Stop making sense. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, do you have a podcast or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podtasticaudio at gmail.com and for more podtastic audio information you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio and you keep on making your amazing podcast yay and we're back cinema recall podcast everyone uh thank you very much uh now before we get into the the talking head stop making sense i am forgetting something i know i am and whenever I forget stuff, I do have to mention quickly about Magic Mind. I'm holding the bottle right there. Magic Mind is the energy drink that we support here on Cinema Recall. It boosts energy and crush procrastination. Uh, go to magicmind.com slash cinema recall. Use the promo code recall, cinema recall 20, and get 50% off your purchase in the first 10 days. Links will be in the show notes right there, but it helps me out because I'm old. And when you get old, you forget shit. So forget shit. Magic Mind is right there. Very cool. Uh, all right. So talking to Ryan's heads, signing sense. Up to, Ryan's signing up to get it right now. So you were talking. See, oh, no. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah, I need to cash in that code. <laughs> Love it. The Talking Heads Stop Making Sense, a film that's being called the most inspired concert movie ever made. MTV presents the American release of the first full-length movie from The Talking Heads. MTV for the theater listing in your city. The Talking Heads Stop Making Sense. We think it's about time that movies stop making sense. Uh, so, The Talking Heads Stop Making Sense was released in 1984, directed by Jonathan Demme, and it was the concert film from The Talking Heads, and it just had its 40th anniversary. A24 released this in many screens in 4K IMAX. Uh, Ryan, did you get a chance to see this movie in theaters? 
I saw it in IMAX with my daughter. Your daughter? Okay. Uh, now, Jim, did you see this in IMAX as well? I, You know what? I did not see it in IMAX, but I saw it first day it released in 1984, though, so... You did? <laughs> yes, oh. I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, here... Okay, this is kind of fascinating. Now, Ryan, have you seen the movie before in theaters? Did you see it, like, on video or... Yeah, I saw it on uh, VHS, I believe, or maybe okay. DVD, but about right. 20 years ago. Gotcha. Um, now, were you, like, Tartan Head's fa fan before you saw the movie? Um, I was familiar with like a lot of the singles, but my roommate in college was a huge Talking Heads fan, so he had that, and he had True Stories, and he made me watch all of it. Gotcha. And Jim, you saw this in theaters back in '84, so I imagine you were a big Talking Heads fan. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm a you... huge Talking Heads fan, and I, actually, Ryan and I have talked Talking Heads before too. So, um, yeah, I'm huge, huge Talking Heads fan. Like uh, my. Uh, my older brother, who's four years older than me, and as much as as the Vern is known to be the OG, I am like super OG. So I actually, um, yeah, saw this in theaters, and I wasn't a child, so I'm going to say that. And uh, but my brother was four years older than me, and he introduced me to Talking Heads with uh, with '77. So that was my first exposure oh. to them, and so I became a huge fan of their stuff. Have had had every single album. Uh, there's as they came out i would just go to the record store every friday and what's out this week oh talking heads happens to be out so I would, yeah huge 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 fan very cool now <clears throat> excuse me now for me uh i known about talking head songs i wasn't like a huge giant fan before i saw this movie but a good buddy of mine tara she has a home theater in her house and she has over to watch the Last Waltz and Talking Heads Top Making Sense on her big screen. I've never seen Talking Heads Top Making Sense before, but I've seen their videos and I'm like, yeah, I know this song. I know that song. They're a fun band, but I wasn't like huge into them. But when I saw that movie and her theater screen with her sound system, oh, I absolutely loved it. And it's one of those movies where if you told me that this was a fake band or a band created just to make this movie, I would believe it too, because I could just see them as just being characters made up just to make this movie. But all of their energy was just really infectious, and it was different from other concert movies, because it wasn't just bands playing songs they were just almost like characters in this play. And it starts off with David Byrne just himself. And then the way they add other band members to the movie, it felt like they're adding different characters into the story. And the way that both Jonathan Demi and cinematographer Jordan Crennanwith, which I'll get into later, shoot the members, it just feels like an all inclusive thing. Like, and I'll ask you about this too, uh, and I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, how do you feel like this movie differs from other concert movies? Um, I think a big thing is there's not really a focus on the audience at all. Yeah. And I, and I believe that I've read that uh, Jonathan Demi and the band kind of got together and they kind of planned a lot of the shots that were, are in the film. So it's not just you have a bunch of cameras running and you decide to 
cut it all up um, at the end. Like they had an idea of, you know, this is when we're going to shoot Tina playing the bass close up. This is when we're going to, you know, focus on, you know, Chris Franz drumming. Like it was a concert film with a lot of intention. And so I I think you can totally see that. They were planning it to be shown for movies, not just shooting at concerts. Yeah. Which I totally agree with that. That's a very cool thing. Uh, I don't know, uh, Jim, any thoughts about how you feel this one differs from other concert movies? Yeah, well, first off, it's the best concert movie that's ever been made. So that's that's how it differentiates itself for, for that way, for sure. Uh, I say I think the other thing is to kind of along Ryan's point, too, is that when when the talking heads did break up, there's there's a quote. I think it was from Tina Weymouth that had had said, you know, they had kind of found out that um, they weren't going to tour anymore. And it kind of came as a bit of a surprise to the entire band because David Byrne just said, you know, yeah, we're not going to tour anymore. And basically he said, stop making sense. We'll tour for us. So that, that was, which, which in after, after the fact it, and you see the vision that comes out from it, it, it really is that, that moment in time that can move forward. And it really captures, I think the whole heart. I mean, there's albums that have come out after this, but this really does capture the heart of, of um, the talking heads, in my opinion. So it, it, there's just, you can see the love on their screen, even though they may have been acting it out at that time, because they might not have loved each other as much. It, you still, you know, in Tina's comments, she said, you know, when we were on stage, we forgot everything else and we just brought love to the people. And that's what I felt the whole way through it. I was smiling from start to finish in this. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Now, you have said that this is the best concert movie of all time, and I'm not arguing with that, but some may say that the new Taylor Swift movie may beat that as well. And I have nothing against Taylor Swift, because I know if I say bad things, she will come after me and hurt me, all right? She has people out there, she will cause me damage, no doubt about that. But... What I think is, like you said, what Ryan said before, is that they don't actually show the audience. And what all other concert films do is they go to that reaction shot of the crowd singing along to a song or smiling or dancing. And I love it that it doesn't do it for this movie. You feel like you are in the audience watching it. And I think it's absolutely beautiful and great. Uh, I just love the way it's lit. Uh, the whole sequence with David Byrne and the light post, the lamp. The lamp, absolutely yeah. Brilliant stuff right there. Uh, yeah, just absolutely love it. Um, can we get into maybe uh, favorite moments in this? Like, just favorite songs, Brian, do you have like a favorite, a moment that really made you, like, cheer or just go, holy shit, that was great. Um, I just really love the buildup up. At the beginning, you know, it starts with David Byrne solo doing a Psycho Killer with just him and an acoustic guitar in that boombox, mm. which is more of a prop than an actual instrument. But, um, you know, how they build up from just him to the full band, just that whole reveal. Um, I really love that. Uh, and, and whenever I see it in a in a different concert, like when I go to see a show and um, like the Nine Inch Nails tour that I saw, I think it did something similar where it's just the four guys on stage with synthesizers and then they started kind of expanding the stage. So I was like, Oh, this is so stop making sense. Like it's such a oh. formative, you know, I feel like a much 
like it's the bar that every artist tries to kind of create when they have that sort of production. Um, obviously, Taylor Swift has a much bigger budget, so she can make it like rain and stuff in the in a stadium if she wants. But um, yeah, I mean, I I just loved that four you know first four or five songs where mm-hmm. they're kind of just revealing that you know one by one there's a bigger band. And um, I also love uh, Chris Franz's uh, turquoise polo, which, <laughs> you know, in, in, in 2023, that wouldn't fly for a band, play, you know, doing a concert film. Like, I'm just going to show up in shorts and a polo. Uh, and I have seen, like, videos of the Talking Heads before, and I know it's just the main band members there. And when I saw this movie, the way they expanded it, and they had percussion players and keyboard and synthesizers and backup dancers and singers it was just like a huge thing and i just was never expecting that it was just a big thing i'm like guess you this jim since you saw this in 1884 um were you did that surprise you at all to see the different band members on the stage or uh, when it first came when it first it? came out you mean like like surprised that they came out one at a time type of thing well, that too. But then, when you saw the, you know, the the huge the band, the way it was with a backup singers and dancers, was that the way the band was? I just thought it was like four members. I didn't, didn't realize they had backup dancers yeah, I mean, and percussion. They never, yeah. It was it was way more full in this concert than it was like because you know obviously videos and much music and MTV and stuff like that were were out, so you'd see them in their in their videos. Right. But, um, I don't, I, I was a bit surprised that they were as big a band at the time when it came out and it could be, I think a lot of it had to do is this is at the time when they had already started doing solo projects. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. that, that they were kind of expanding their sounds and experimenting with different things. And so getting the fact that they did actually bring out extra players to go on it, it, it freed up, David Byrne to be his his wacky, lovable self that everybody mm-hmm. uh, you know has fallen in love with because you know before that he was playing guitar he didn't have he didn't have the freedom to be the artist that I think he he wanted to be and when you see the transition of say and maybe you're going to bring this up later but um, seeing the transition of of this movie to say American Utopia which mm-hmm. I think is what I think. David Byrne probably had a vision of how it could be in the future. So to me, Stop Making Sense was like, was the future of film back then in regards to concert films. But now when you see American Utopia and you see that, that is now the future again. So he just keeps pushing the envelope about what that music can integrate with dance and um, art. And just his mind is just so brilliantly genius filled i just it blows my mind so yeah I'm, I'm glad because every single one of the songs in my opinion are better than the song's original and that's not always the case right like you'll have a song that you fall in love with and you're like oh man this is this album is so solid and i love this song like but but every single song on this album is better in this concert than it is on on vinyl it just is i have- i, I I, has way I more agree emotion. with that too, Jim, because there's two songs for me that really elevated the songs more, and that is Life During Wartime and Burning Down the House. 
Oh, like, totally. I cannot totally. I cannot hear those songs now without thinking about this movie. And that life during wartime sequence, the way that David Byrne and Tina Weymouth and everyone is just running while playing their instruments. And oh, the yeah. backup dancers are running. And David <clears throat> Byrne's like running around the track. Everyone's just like running. I am getting exhausted watching this. I remember yeah. in theaters, my heart was just feeling like pumped up and like, oh, man. And I felt lazy as a band member, too. I'm like, damn, we're not really doing that much. We're not running in place. <laughs> we're Shoot. old and standing like around. His, <laughs> well, it's like you put all of his, like, his band members into like some sort of like training regiment to get them cardio. in shape to do it's a, a cardio concert. session. It's like the spin class, but it's the David Byrne class of music performance. He's like trying to take Prince down as the most danceable <laughs> performer. Yeah, but yeah, I him mean, and, and that's... him and Alex Weir too, right? Like seeing the chemistry mm-hmm. between him and Alex Weir was, I mean, that's that you didn't see as much joy as you saw those two together, right? The other sure. guitar player, the other guitar player, yep. dude, he's just. His, his joy just flowed into I think everything. Yeah, all of the all of the members of the band have like this big giant joy and love with them. I love that very much. Uh, my other favorite part of this, I mentioned those two songs. I do love it when it does take a break to play the Tom Tom Club. Yeah, the genius yeah, that love surprised me. Yeah, that surprised me too, actually. Yeah, because I remember that song, but I had no idea that the bassist of the Tarkin Heads and the drummer were part of that band. It was just used and made like hip hop songs and rap yeah, songs. It's been sampled a lot. Yeah. You know, we all know the Mariah Carey song, uh is it Heartbreaker, Dream Lover? I don't remember now, but whether it, it was in the movie Free Die with Ryan Reynolds, that movie. Right. Uh, so but I just remember that song coming on. Like, oh shit! I remember seeing it when I was in, uh, watching it with my friend Tara and a bunch of friends. And I, holy shit! That's the song. The song that's always been sampled everywhere. I just can't believe that shit. That was really, really kind of cool. And it was nice to see the band members doing stuff without David. It's 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 a way for us to see the band doing their own thing and having fun. They're having fun on all the other songs too, but to have a little break and play that genius love. I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I just, and, uh, do you, are you, do you know much about the Tom Tom Club, Ryan? Um, I, I know that they did that song and I know, um, and I know because of their, you know, their influence, um, for that first Gorillaz album, they're act. Uh, Damon Alburn actually recruited them to play on that album as well. Really? Yep. I did not know they were on that first album. Oh, well. Ryan's okay, an encyclopedia oh. of of music, so there's not much he doesn't know. Vern, so okay. Uh, <laughs> and there, you know, that's so... the thing too about the TomCom Club and and Burn in general, because a lot of people have a lot of negative thoughts about. Um, Tina and Chris in particular because of, you know, how they shit talked Burn sort of after and that whole era that w- they were, you know, fighting with each other. But it's funny how both, like, since the 40th anniversary coming out, there's been a lot of talk on both sides about about it's water under the bridge. And I've seen articles that David Byrne has said, you know, he was a bit of an asshole leading up to stop making sense too. So, you know, it's like you can't always 
you know, for me, I knew I was a bit of a, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Tom Tom Club when they first came out, but I did like them because of the fact that they were in it. And my vision mm-hmm. about it was that I was mad at David Byrne, actually, and I didn't listen to David Byrne for a long time because I was on the Tom Tom Club side of the, the war, right? Like it sure. was like, and, and it, it was, it was obvious that it was his decision, but obviously there was other things that you don't know about, right? Like not everything's not as available for you to know about now that it was back then. Right. It's weird how, like how arguments can flare up and how after time passes, things can kind of like die down and, everything's fine. But yeah, I, I would agree with you, Jim. I would probably be more on their side than I would be David Byrne's side. But I do think that David Byrne has, you know, come to his own and has become a much better person. And it's it's so weird that this was like on the last latest of their tour, they're going to break up. And the fact that they just made such this joyous celebration of life and music. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Ryan, because you saw this in IMAX, did you have people dancing in your theaters when you saw it? No, we didn't have people dancing, but I think I had an older crowd that was probably too self-conscious to do it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I have seen like clips of people having like little dance parties and whatnot there. But I'm going to ask you this because, Ryan, you took your daughter to see this movie. Uh, what was your thoughts on it? Um, we still listen to it. She likes listening to uh, Stop Making Sense now over American Utopia. Um, when American okay. Utopia came out, I showed it to her because I thought um, she would like it because, you know, you can see all the different instruments. Um, she And she likes dancing music. So she, she loves David Byrne. She likes her Disney music, and she loves David Byrne. Um, <laughs> so... I love it. You're you're raising a right man. I yeah, I love yeah. that very much. She was confused to see David Byrne uh, forty years younger this time. <laughs> oh sure. She was like, "That's not David Byrne. David Byrne has white hair." And I was like, "No, no, no. That's this is David Byrne from a long time ago." Yes. But um, but yeah, she loves the music and she always uh, says, "Let's listen to David Byrne from the movie when we're in the car." <laughs> oh, ah, love it. That's very adorable. cool. Um, yeah, so I, I, do we ask you, uh, Ryan, if you had a favorite moment in the movie? I don't know if we did. Oh. Yeah, I mean, just the reveal at the beginning with, you know, yeah, everyone, okay. the, the, the band expanding. And mm-hmm. obviously David the first Byrne in the song. big suit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Very cool. Yeah, it was me uh, that we didn't ask because I didn't answer it. Jim, but... sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I my, my mind is, that's why, folks, I have the magic mind here sometimes. <laughs> I do forget shit. Like, I forget even which way to put the bottle up there with the little Lagoon guy. Sorry about that. Perfect segue. Yes. We, we know, yeah, it's a perfect segue for another commercial ad. <laughs> sorry, we'll no, be right no. back after these messages. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're, we're sorry. Oh, I sorry. Did my we're still ad. back. That's there. Even without the messages. No. But you can listen to us each Sunday on Full Swap Radio, fullswapradio.com. We are part of their Vanilla Sunday Full Swap Radio is a kink and fetish podcast network, and we're part of their Vanilla Sunday. So every Sunday at 8.30, uh, which is the day that we're recording this, we, you can go to Full Swap Radio and listen to us live on their Vanilla Sunday program there. I am wearing Jim, my strap-on. Does that count for Sunday then? Does, I just, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's just I, I wasn't sure if we were allowed to bring it out on in this podcast no, no, in particular. So. 
that Fair. that that's for the uh, Cinema Recall After Dark portion. You know, that's and, and our, for your only our... page, the, the Cinema Recall only page. The only page that's, that's, strap on. <laughs> that's going to be for our our Patreon members. We'll share that links in there later on. Uh, but no, Jim, your favorite moments of talking heads not making sense. Yeah, I I kind of started to talk a little bit about it, but I love the chemistry between the front line in it and how each mm-hmm. member at each times when they change instruments or change direction that they would just jam with each other. Like that's just some of my favorite scenes from concert footage, but you know, Oh yeah. Watching Alex and David together doing the running and them just like the looks on their faces and then seeing, um, uh, Jerry, you know, up with, uh, Chris Franz. And then they're with the, the, the girls singing. It was, it's just, it's, it's those little pieces that when you're a musician, because I know all of us are musicians here, right? Like when you're a musician, you've played live on stage and that like we feel connected as the audience to the performers because we see how much they love their music so much and that mm-hmm. how it has such a positive effect. I think that for me is what kind of keeps this one so much special. Like, whatever they're doing for their acting, if they were hating each other at this time, you can't tell when you're watching this movie that just the jam they get from each other is just brings me so much joy. That's, that's, that, that's the piece there is the connection of them, each other that, which, which overflows into us, the audience. Yeah. And I've been in bands before that were about ready to break up and we just get on stage and we just forget all about that and just play the music I love it when you have David Byrne dancing with the dancers and doing like crazy stuff there. Even when the guitarist dances with them, I do love it when uh, guitarists look at each other or keyboard players look. Yeah, they just they, it feels like so much like love between this band, even though they are in the midst of having their last times in there, which is absolutely kind of a neat thing and kind of amazing. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch, yep. which is a really great concert movies. There's even moments yep. in that too, where like people have big fights and they play beautifully. Same thing with the commitments, the commitments, the 1991 movie from Alan Parker, uh, which is about an Irish soul band. They have moments where they just get into like these huge fights and are throwing furniture and then they can get together and play the most wonderful music and have so much love and joy. I just, I feel like I was seeing when I watched them, the talking heads stop making sense. And I'm learning about how they were having arguments, but yet they can get together and be on stage. It was a beautiful thing. So I could see myself watching this and their commitments and Hedwig and the Adrian should have like a really good concert footage nice. and just having just like a bunch of fun times here but i want to get, get into something here too guys because we know we're talking about talking heads stop making sense you mentioned uh, briefly about american utopia um but before we get to that uh i do want to mention really quickly because we talked about him slightly and talking heads stop making sense uh directed by jonathan demi we've known he did sounds of the lambs and philadelphia the movie he made before this was caged heat which was a woman in prison film. And I wasn't quite sure if they saw that movie and decided, yes, the guy who makes women in prison movies with women's shower scenes, this is the guy to make our 
concert movie. I just found that to be just really weird and crazy. And the fact that John the Demi went on to make a huge career from this little movie here is really kind of a cool thing. Uh, they uh, added in Blade Runner, one of my favorite films. And I want to ask you about this, Ryan. Uh, the way the movie was shot, like the way the lights are used and everything, did you see similarities between this and Blade Runner? Or I, I don't know. I mean, just what did you think the way the movie was shot? I mean, it shot beautifully. So obviously oh. they didn't get some just random you know, camera operator to, mm -hmm. to shoot this movie. Um, I don't know if I see Blade Runner in it, but you know, I, I think, um, cause it's Demi. And I think now knowing that the cinematographer did work on Blade Runner, I think the fact that they try to keep the lighting kind of natural, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the stage is well lit, but, um, I, I read that they didn't want to do audience shots because they wouldn't, they wouldn't need to then light the audience. And then that would yep. take away from, you know, the natural feel um, of the performers performing. Um, so I, I think that is probably a testament to both the cinematographer and director. I also wanted to um, just drop in that Gary Getzman, um, who worked uh, with Demi on many films, is the producer. And um, and Licorice Pizza is, like, loosely based off his, like, his childhood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. That's super geek-tastic. That is very cool. I did not realize that there was a connection there. Um, I do want to talk briefly too, and I'll ask you about this, Jim, about the way it was like mixed. I think it's, I know this was like a live concert, but the way that this was like mixed all together, it was just absolutely just astounding. And I had the album of the Talking Heads Stop Making Sense. And it just feels like an album. I mean, I don't know what they did, but it was a, probably one of the best live albums I've heard in a long time. I would put it up there with Daft Punk's Alive. Uh, but yeah, it's really just great mixture. Yeah, and the fact, like like Ryan maybe mentioned this earlier too, that, you know, they this was it was full intent as to how this was going to look and feel like they planned this out. This is, it's like you squeezed David Burns um, brain and out squirted this into Demi's mind that mm -hmm. their, their collaboration through that was, was very in, intentful. And the fact that they, it, it happened, I think it was over four, four different recording sessions and there was going to be, I think there was originally going to be three, but they didn't get enough of, certain shots that they wanted. So they did it. So the fact that we don't know which of the four um, recordings was which ones they had it, but it does really feel like it's all one concert. So the fact that they took it from four different ones. And so when you think about that, Ryan, you think Chris France wore that shirt four different times. It's At least like, on Wikipedia, it says he did. Wow. Yeah, right? So guy did that continuity I mean, right, you know? Yeah, I mean he, <laughs> Imagine going home and having it well, they must have I think it was only shot over two days or something. So they must have had like a morning show and an afternoon show and then they did that twice. But yeah, the the mix on this is is just it's it's very clean, but like you can't even hear the like one of the things, especially and I don't know if this was intentful too, maybe Ryan knows this, but like your most concert 
like as the song dies down, you just hear the screaming, right? Like you hear mm-hmm. nothing from the audience really. Like it's like they're there, but they're not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I couldn't go to a talking head song without singing every single song along with them, right? <laughs> like there's just no way. It's like um, when I went to see Weezer the last time they came through town, it was the first concert that I'd ever been to that every single person in the audience sang every single line of like, even, even rivers was like, he's like, he stops in one of the middle of the songs. He's like, I can't believe what's actually happening here. He's like, you guys want to just leave, but he was doing it playfully. Right. Like, like that, like you think of when you go see a concert that you absolutely love it, it's, I don't know how they did that. Like you couldn't have stopped it. They must've had some really good sound editing to not hear that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially back in that day too, and the limits that they had for equipment of how they were able to stop the crowd from yelling or screaming or singing the lawn. That was yeah, very cool thing. But then again, um, see, I only got into Talking Heads um, when they did um, their song "Wildlife" for oh, yeah. um, True Stories. True, sto- True Stories. So. But before that, I've seen the Once in a Lifetime, same as it ever was. And I've seen the burning down the house with his face on the road. So I've seen those videos, and I saw the wildlife. Uh, and then I saw the one that's like, um, uh, and she was, was probably the only songs I've known the Target Heads to do. Little um, creatures. Yeah. I have not heard, like, hearing life during wartime and this must be the place. The first time I heard those songs was in this movie. I just have not heard those songs before. The only other song that I recognized was that Genius of Love. And I recognized that for being <laughs> a bunch of like, hip-hop songs. And not realizing that nothing had everything to do with the band. Oh, just a lot of things were going on in my head when I saw this for the first time. Lots of surprises and songs I really liked. Songs I end up liking more than the other songs, which I found myself to be absolutely amazed. And just this joy in my heart when I watch this and getting to see it in theaters and getting to see other people like joy come up from it was absolutely great. I think it's great too, Ryan. Now, Ryan, when your daughter first saw the movie, did she, you said, did you see American Utopia before this or after this? I don't remember. Uh, Before she's seen American Utopia many times. She has. Okay. Yes. Uh, but has she heard Talking Heads or David Byrne before American Utopia? Yeah, like when she was a baby, we would play um, This Must Be the Place or a couple other songs. Heaven, okay. probably. Probably played that for her. <laughs> yeah, that's why we kind of like Heaven. ramped up to American Utopia because she seemed to enjoy kind of the danciness of their music. All right. Uh, we should take just a brief moment here to talk about American Utopia, which was released not too many years ago, uh, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, very cool concert film. And what makes this one different is that David Byrne and his performers are all wearing their instruments on them. And they're able to like walk and march and dance around the stage as they're playing songs. And it's really cool. It's heavily choreographed. I know they probably had to do like a lot of practice with this. Uh, but I'll ask you, Ryan, what does your daughter love about American Utopia? 
Um, she loves everything about it. It's very theatrical. Um, like you said, it's very well, it's very choreographed. Um, you have a six person drum line. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gets to see, you know, a lot of different instruments through used throughout the show. And, you know, you can kind of focus on what, you know, each percussionist is playing. The percussion line is mind boggling to me. I'm a drummer. All right. And the fact that they have each player playing one drum, you have a person for the snare, you have a person for the bass, the cymbals, everything, the way they have to match each other and be connected as a musician, that just blows my mind. It's like a magic trick. I've seen American Utopia a couple times, and each time I watch it, I am just amazed by not only do the musicians have to be in sync with each other, the cameraman has to be in sync with them too. Also, the editor has to be in sync with them. Uh, I think Spike Lee puts it all together great. Um, and a Jim, thoughts on American Utopia? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think because it's a play, it again, it it is kind of that transitional mindset of of David Byrne. Like if you ever seen him live outside of the film ver- live concert footage, he, he he's been to um, our folk festival a couple of times, and just seeing him live, he has he's like Bowie in a way. I think that he he understands the stage is not just for 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 performance of music but also to you know make a transition about art with visuals and everything even true stories right like it's that that music is life and how you can breathe that into everything so you know fact the fact that it was a it's a play that tells the story and comes to that crescendo at the end where you know it's just the end of american utopia is just is so beautiful. It's so well done, and it makes me cry every time I watch it. The as opposed to stop making sense, which which brings me so much joy. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a different type of joy. But yeah, I think I think maybe because it was so intentful of Burn to make it as a play, which make tells a whole story. And I think maybe that's what he was trying to do with Stop Making Sense too, is make a story. But I don't think anybody understands that story except for David Byrne. <laughs> but in, in American well, Utopia, I think people see the story and go, okay, yeah, this is, we are all a community and we have to stay that way. And every piece of the instruments is played, has a meaning, and it, it's brought forward together that we are one moving forward together. So, yeah. I'll leave those thoughts very much, Jim. See, uh, I always saw Top Stop Making Sense as a story about a man who is unsure of himself and he doesn't quite know how to communicate with the world. And then he brings one of his friends at a time and he starts to gain more confidence until he's able to bring everyone in the band and the audience into the same. That's why that last song that uh, Take Me to the River and then you see the shots of the audience dancing. They are on the same wavelength as the band members. So it starts with David Byrne, and then he brings in Tiny Weymouth, and then other people start to join, and then they have like this family event, and soon David Byrne is like, hey, you know what? 
I actually have these friends with me. They're communicating with me. We have the same love and passion. And then it cuts to the audience and they're having the same joyful reactions and love. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. Uh, is there anything else about this movie that we did not cover? Ryan, you are our music experts from Soundtrack Your Life. Uh, anything you want to say about Talking Heads? Or oh, we got a shout out uh, Bernie Worrell from Parliament. He's playing in the band. Um, he's he's the special guest in the credits, and I feel like he uh, takes some of their uh, synthesizer wackiness to another level. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. It, it, he must he must be the guy on the like the left side that does those weird, uh, almost like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like uh, the way he sets the mood for burning down the house with the mm-hmm. wavy mm-hmm. keyboard. Is that him? Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. it kind of brings that parliament sound and it becomes one big party with them. Oh, yeah. I had no idea he was part that of parliament. parliament. Delic. That is that is That is parliament oh, too, right? A... Like that's what they, where they came from. See, he's, he's like this – I don't know this he, – he's Sorry. like this – yogi of music i i just love listening to ryan talk about anybody he just knows everything it's so good that's so cool jim anything you want to say about this before we get things wrapped up i think for people who saw this movie for the first time or people that maybe um sort of experienced talking heads through this one sort of interaction i really think they need to go back and it's one of those bands, and it's not always the case with some bands, but in particular Talking Heads, to, to listen to their music from start to finish, to see the evolution. Like when you see their last album, it is, it is I mean, yeah, I mean, the, no one's dialing it in. The, the complexities of that album is probably beyond almost anything that they've done before. But I think that... You know, seeing how they came from, like, to your point earlier, Vern, about mm-hmm. them being like the stripped down four piece to where they end. And then how David Byrne goes from that to Utopia. Tom Tom Club goes to this massive thing. It it really is an evolution that I think people should actually spend the time and listen to their, their, their music and the evolution of it. Because I think you'll gain even much more appreciation for it. 100%. Yes. Uh as you tell me this too, Ryan, what would you give? Stop making sense. Uh, any last words about the movie? Um, I would give it a 20 out of 10. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, we were talking about the, the Taylor Swift era's concert film earlier. Mm-hmm. There was a trailer for that right before uh, Stop Making Sense started. And oh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure my daughter will end up listening to Taylor Swift at some point. But um, I was... I was scared I was going to lose her to Taylor at that moment. And <laughs> yeah. um, and my daughter's response was, who's this and when is David Byrne coming? Nice. Oh, 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 oh. that is great. That, that, is, that, is, that is too cool, Ryan. That is epic. Uh, Jim, uh, grades you want to give? Stop making sense. Uh, I'm going to steal Ryan's thunder too. It's definitely a 20 out of 10 for sure. If I could go like infinity mm. out of 10, it's... It's yeah. a perfect movie. Every, everybody who watches it is filled with joy and passion for music and dance. So, which I think everybody should continue to do until the day they die. So, even old guys like me, I would have been up on in the theater dancing the whole time. Yes, uh, 
I have to uh, match all of yours too because I'm not a huge Talking Heads fan, but I love this movie just so much. It is, and I believe this is a movie you can show people who are not big Talking Heads fan, and they will get a lot of enjoyment and excitement listening and watching what goes on on stage very much. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I think it was that Life During Wartime song where I was like, okay. I'm loving this so very much. This is just filled with like so much joy and happiness. It was very, very cool. So, yeah, 20 out of 10. I love this movie very much. Will I go see Taylor Swift Eras Tour? Possibly, but I know that is just a concert that's being filmed rather than an actual movie. Like Ryan and Jim were saying before, Talking Heads Stop Making Sense was made for a theater. It was made by a filmmaker. They planned out their shots. When you're filming a concert, you're just putting cameras everywhere, hoping to get the best footage. You're not pre-planning things. Now, people will say that Taylor Swift movie is a bigger budgeted movie and it made more money, I'm sure. I will see what uh, that movie will be like 40 years from now. So Let's put that's it in our calendar. We'll come that. back. All of us will come back yeah. in 40 years and we'll talk about Eris. Exactly. Uh, I got to teach us a 40th anniversary. 40th anniversary, yes, of Taylor Swift. Yes. Well, y'all have to watch it in IMAX. <laughs> sure. If A24 releases it, sure, I will be back there in theaters to <laughs> go see that. Uh, we're going to teach us this small little break right now. I will be right back before we close out our show. All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you very much for joining the Cinema Recall Podcast. This is the portion of the show where I give thanks to all of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Again, patreon.com slash cinema recall pod. You can get episodes in advance. Like this episode we have here where you see our faces. This will be on Patreon exclusively first before anyone else. Uh, the beautiful Jim, the handsome Ryan. Good to see all of our wonderful, handsome up in our faces. We are going to shoot a mid's calendar, alright? So watch out for that, folks. So, yes. Ryan is December. Ooh. And Jim is May. May is always the I'm best March. month. So. <laughs> you, you, heard the, you know the poem for May, right? Hooray, hooray, Save the first the one. Last. Outdoor fucking starts today. Oh, I did not hear that. Oh. There you go. Uh, but let's do this real quickly. I'll say thanks to our Patreon members. Uh... No special order. Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast. And we gotta thank Donnie Roberts from the Deep Sea Anthologies, formerly of Cage's Kiss. Jeanette Miller Mittenham at AKA Jeanette. Um, Linda Castro from Bed Knobs and Broomflits. Matt and Ashley from Mashley at the Movies. Uh, then we gotta thank Harvey Andrus who is just a good friend of ours, and we love him. Thank you, Harvey. And then we got to thank Jen McQuaid from Shot and Applaud. Thank you very much to all your supporters there. Uh, before we do go, Ryan, what's happening new at Soundtrack Your Life? We have a new season starting in February. We have a composer who uh, scored a Charlie Chaplin documentary. We've got Ooh. a record label owner who um, works on uh, scores forgotten and forbidden scores and so Ooh. we've got a lot of cool guests coming up all right and that's uh soundtrack.net but i think dot com i'm sorry okay i'll put links to our show description about where you can find them 
really cool stuff. Uh, Ryan is definitely an encyclopedic person of music and of movies. Definitely recommend his show. Thank you so much. Jim, the film Rage. Are you rage? Are you going to be raging about stuff in the next uh, couple yeah, weeks here? That, absolutely. We have um, uh, we've kind of been a little bit well, we haven't been on a hiatus. We just took a little, one week off at the holiday break. But for the month of December, we didn't have a regular content because we had so much other content that we were filling. So the regular podcast is going to be back this week oh, coming up. So, yeah. So we're going to have Casey back on. Uh, Casey, the nerdy photographer, who's our voice of Rager Dare, will be back. We'll have all of our regular segments for all of you. And then, yeah, there's... There's always rage to find on Film Rage. Always. Yes. Uh, Film Rage, YYC, on the social meds, uh, filmrage.com, its website. I'll post the links on there. Uh, I love the show. Uh, even if I don't always agree with their thoughts on them, uh, I love their show. Very cool stuff. And I'm always, I'm always ready to rage out. Uh, very cool. Anyways, folks, that's it here for Cinema Recall. And I'm so grateful I have these guys on here. That's why I do. I bring on experts who are great podcasters because I am not that great podcaster. So I just bring on experts that know their shit. And hopefully we can stay friends. And hopefully we'll come back on my show again. Hopefully oh, yeah, I come back on their show. Of course. Oh, oh Ryan, I love been, you, buddy. I'm getting, trying to get you up to pick a movie, buddy. So I, I think I might have pre-picked it for you. You're going to... Gotta come okay. talk on Josie and the Pussycats, man. I, I'd love to do that. Hell yeah. Very cool. Uh, anyways, folks, thank you for watching or listening, and we will see you all soon. And I'm just going to play this out right now because I'm not sure what this going to do. Okay. Never mind. My thing's not working here. So do, 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 That's going to end that right there. Yay, goodbye. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com.